Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 41 to Two Hands Under Hurl Podcast. I'm your host this week, TJ Mills, and I'm joined by the maestro himself, Robbie Mansfield. How's things, Robbie? I'm good, TJ, yourself? All good? Yeah, good, can't complain now. Um, similar to last week, busy doing nothing, uh, if that makes sense, but uh, yeah, uh, interesting, interesting weekend. Um, so good, good. good. And yourself? Yeah, um, yeah, I was actually planning on taking a bit more time off this week, uh, but my work gave me days that I didn't want. But anyway, so to kind of get through it anyway. But um, yeah, looking forward to the the long weekend coming up, and then kind of midterm and stuff after that. So yeah, trying to do a few bits around the house and that sort of stuff at the minute. But yeah, all good. This weekend's the bank. I heard it on the radio, and I thought they were making a mistake. This weekend's the bank holiday. Yeah, this weekend is bank holiday. I know it's kind of strange. It's like it's um it's Halloween on the Sunday, and then kids are back to school on the first of November, which is the Monday. So I was kind of presuming that would be the bank holiday, but it's actually yeah this weekend. Jesus, um, and uh, well, we'll be discussing it later, and the pubs reopening properly. So maybe it's an ex. Well, not properly, but uh, we discuss it later anyway. I I find it strange. Usually it's the end of the month anyway, except for Paddy's Day and Easter and all of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's Ireland. It's Ireland. So And Liverpool are after winning as well. Lovely. Oh, you're, you're, you're one eye on that now. So you can concentrate yeah, fully on the podcast. I can, yeah. I know, Jesus. <laughs> uh we discuss it later on, but uh, yeah, we slightly got out of jail there, but we take it, we take it. Uh, before we get bogged down on soccer anyway, we move on with started podcast in GEA. And there were rumours circulating today about um, uh, Claremont heading to Galway. Um, Davy Fitz is rumoured to be the pole, in pole position to take over as Galway senior hurling manager. What do you think? A good move by Galway, Robbie, or could it be, um, what would you say, could it be a bad move for the Tribes County? Uh, I think it will be good in the short term. Uh, you know, after losing Joe Canning, um, it will, like, getting in Davy like that will give them a, a nice bit of a, a nice bit of a boost. Um, but it's it's whether he gets the buy-in from the players and that sort of stuff and the personalities is there going to be a clash, you know, because Davey wouldn't be a popular figure among like rival hurling uh, camps, you know what I mean? So it's, if he yeah. can kind of go in there, um, like in like when he went into Wexford, he didn't really have any black, like bad blood there, but you know he's probably definitely been you know getting possibly clear clear fans um, on his back and they wouldn't probably think you know very very highly of him in terms of like they, you know, they kind of they obviously respect him as a hurling manager but um, probably think that he'd bring a bit, a bit of drama as well so it's all about if he can get the buy-in from the players um, I think they could go well in the short term but you know in lots of situations with Davey he does well initially and then you know whatever happens it's kind of like the Mourinho effect in soccer where he goes in and he might even win a trophy or he might even you know do really good for a year or two, but I think over maybe three or four years, his voice maybe wanes in the dressing room and uh, they end up kind of stagnating, you know what I mean? So maybe like it might be a nice little short uh, boost uh, well, after losing Joe Canning this year. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with what you said at all. I mean, um, Gerlach Nan went up there, fellow Clareman, 
um, and just didn't have success. And the way Galway kind of went, um, they kind of had more success with in, in internal managers. Um, now, after meeting Davy personally a couple of times, I think he's a decent, really nice person. I won't lie to you. I he wouldn't be my favorite um when we be coming up against him um but away from away from it he seems a really genuine nice person so you wish him the best of luck that way um but yeah i think the big thing especially up in galway would be the buy in from the players um maybe this might be controversial to say but i think the kind of more reserved um, manager on the side sideline kind of done well for him. The likes of Michal Donahue, I think. Um, like Michal Donahue was committed. Um, he just kind of got down to business. He didn't really get into any of the drama or anything that can go on on the sideline, and they got success out of it. And uh, I heard a rumor after he pulled out for that he was back in for it again. But when I heard it. I kind of said here that this doesn't make sense, but the person told me was meant to hearing it from someone in the know up there. But yeah, this would be completely left field, and yeah, I I don't know, I don't know. Um, well, the big challenge is who can get up there to compete with Limerick at the moment. Um, and it's going to be really interesting. Who do you think could? Could Galway under Davy? Could they be the ones to dethrone Limerick? Um, and just before you answer, Tipperary new manager, uh, Colin Bonner, gone in. Brian Cody, gone in in Kilkenny. And not as comfortable the past couple of years, gone in. But still, point to prove. And uh, new manager in Wexford as well. Do you think anyone else could really challenge Limerick or do you think David going into Galway could be the, the team to challenge? Yeah, I don't know whether necessarily for an All-Ireland. Um, I think probably the team best placed is probably Cork again. Um, you know, I know like Limerick played out their skins in, in the final, like in just very like no team would have bet them that day, you know, the way Bush in terms of like the develop development of the teams where they are in their process, if you get me. Uh yeah. Cork seem further down the line than most other teams. And obviously, like, you know, you're not gonna ever write off uh Kilkenny in any sort of conversation when you're talking about an honor and they could easily go and win, you know, a couple back to back themselves. Um obviously such a strong county and with uh, with Cody there it could happen like you know but um I would I would say that Cork if they can keep the momentum going and bring through maybe a few young lads into the uh, into the fold and um the kind of the biggest probably factor is is probably from an SNC point of view where Limerick are just so far ahead uh, in what they're doing um in terms of not only the physical aspect of the game because they're like you know mountains of men like and they also have the skill to back it up you know so like sometimes you might see a team and they're real physical um but they don't have the, the basic skills whereas Limerick have that in spades you know so I think it's going to take a team that's been you know consistent over a couple of years to rise up and, and knock them down a peg or two and it might even be for a year or two that it happens but um you know you think Tipperary rebuilding Galway rebuilding Wexford rebuilding um Kilkenny, like you never know what could happen. It hasn't gone right from the last couple of years. Um 
maybe they left a couple of all Ireland's behind them themselves, or maybe. Um, yeah, and what, like Waterford seemed to be doing well, but Limerick seemed to have a bit of a hoodoo over them. Um, so obviously Limerick are, the, are far and away the favourites, but I'd say Cork are next in line. Yeah, I oh know I I can't disagree with anything you said there at all. Um, the the one team you don't want really coming in under the radar, and I'm not biased in saying this would be Kilkenny, but there's a big challenge there. Uh, and to be fair to Brian Cody, you have to give him credit that he didn't just rest on the success he has. He's trying to rebuild there and introduce young players in and all of that. But I think the the issue might be deeper that we're lacking underage success there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't see anyone. If Limerick didn't win All Ireland this year, you could say here that's obvious. Fair enough. They, they could be, but when they did and got two and three year, they're going to be really hard knock off the perch. Tipperary, I have doubts about and. Um, I think Colin Bonner is a really good manager, had great had good success um when he was managing Carlo, got him really organised, had club success with um uh, Ballyhill Shamrocks as well and you wish him the real best there, but I, I just don't know. I have doubts with Tip, they're a real agent team at the moment and it'd be a challenge for him to introduce a lot of the underage players that would have having success with Tip over the the past five or six years as well but it'd be interesting to see and i say we'll have a fair few conversations before the new intercounty season begins um we've been chatting about this for the past few weeks robbie the new structure for the football championship and we don't want to bore the listeners but vote is coming up this saturday on it and i don't know if you heard um the piece that are the a speech that John Horan done today, um, the former Dublin GA president, and he came out in favour of Proposal B. Um, and there's a few, I know there's Leinster counties are in favour of it, Connacht and Munster are divided on it, it seems to be a 50-50 split, and Munster are um, completely against Proposal B. Um, do you think John Horn coming out today, speaking today, and um, showing his support to Proposal B, could that get it over the line, or do you think the it, the decision could be really with kind of the the head honchos, former presidents, and the current directors and that in the GEA? Yeah, I think that's going to be the major factor. You you have to convince them, you know. Uh, I know, like these sort of people coming out. Um, and saying this will put them under pressure to to go with uh, proposal B. And you know, if you look at it and say, you know, the, all the most the majority of the players have opted for B. So, like, because they're the guys it, it affects directly, you know. So you kind of really have to listen to that as well. But you know, I do think it's going to come down to you know the provincial councils, and they're not going to want to devalue the provincial competitions because that devalues their power. You know, like, so, yeah. and yeah. the way things are in the GA, it's almost like, you know, you know, the Vatican making decisions, you know, it's very political and it's, you know, like there's lots of, you know, stuff behind closed doors and meetings and you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, and, and slow to change, like, especially to something like this, you know, uh, now I have said, I think a is a better option, but, 
the fact that a lot of people are coming out, you know, in favor of B, you know, you probably should be really listening to them, especially as, you know, with the GPA, where it was like I think 70% of the players opted for proposal B. So I think they should be, you know, the biggest voice in this, but I do think A is going to win out and I do think it will actually be good in the end, but um, you would be kind of, you know, thinking that the players should have a bit more of a vote or if um, maybe in future votes they could include like a, a GPA, um, could have like a percentage of vote or, you know, could veto a decision or, or something like that, you know, because at the end of the day, it's the players who are making the trips to training grounds and, you know, missing family, you know, parties and holidays and all this sort of stuff and putting their life on hold for their county to play. Um, and you're seeing a lot of, relatively young guys retiring as well you know so like a lot of guys recently maybe opting out to play or just retiring or taking a year or two out um so you'd have to wonder like is there you know a big attraction for guys to keep playing and you know if a lot of players want to propose a B, maybe that could be a good thing to keep the best players in the game and playing you know yeah, no, I'd agree completely with what you're saying and maybe listeners are bored with me agreeing with you on it, but there are very valid points there. I mean, um, for some, well, I, I don't want to say anything um, defor- that would lead to defamation here, but I mean, some of the provincial councils are that won't be in favour of, as you say, the provincial structure, in other words, being broken up, but... Ulster for sure like oh yeah and I mean it's like turkeys voting for Christmas and I mean it's so one thing that I find well some of the commentary that's coming out is some of the big counties aren't in favor of it either they rather and I mean I, I, I it'd be interesting to see the outcome of it because you saw with the Camogie Association at the start of the year where they wanted to go for the split season and an awful lot of the an awful lot of the players were in favor of it. I, I won't lie to you. I was in favor of it as well because you want your best uh, players available to the club. It's as simple as that. And when I was involved with club management this year, that's selfishness that way. But then you look at the logistical nightmares that's going on now. But it maybe put question into the decision of it. But going back to the GA, um, like. You can't see one side of games continuing. I mean, and that that'd be the reason you could have, say, if you look at proposal A, you could, and I think it's the two teams that kind of perform low or something in their province. They can go into another one or something. I need to research it more. Yeah, there's like a playoff. There's a playoff for teams in, like, so one team will leave the Ulster Championship and go into Connacht, and then teams from Leinster will go into Munster and Connacht to make four provinces of eight. So it would be kind of like a relegation sort of playoff sort of match. Yeah, but would like the reason why I disagree with it is you could have as many mismatches there as what's going on currently. Um, and that, that'd that be the thing where if you have a league format, and this is where I think some of the big teams may not, you could potentially win in All-Ireland by playing four games. Uh, well, like, like you actually go into like a a group stage. Now the super eights, yeah. If they go qualify. No, no. If you do like um when when they get uh, split into four uh, provinces of eight, 
then they get split into four again and then they play off in groups and then there's like um okay a provincial final at the end of it so there still is like that group format and you imagine it will probably be seeded so like you have you know maybe in say Leinster you can have you know Dublin top seed and then maybe Kildare top seed in the other one and then maybe you could have uh Leash and Meath and then going down down and such so then you you won't you'll have obviously a few blowouts like but you're gonna have that probably no matter what like yeah, um yeah i know you're explaining but it, it gives it it gives a team a chance to you know do well in like a little round robin little league system um and get a few good quality games and as far as i know i think the bottom two teams go into the talton cup um so and as well i think just myself personally with the with the league format of like proposal B if you are if you don't do well in the first few games you might find it hard to qualify out of some of the, the divisions if you get me so say if you're in division yeah. four and you have a really poor start to the season in the league which affects your championships so say you lose maybe two or three games in a row like <laughs> you know like in order to qualify from division four you have to win the division you know so you're going to have like, are you going to have players that are disinterested um, for the for very early in the season? Whereas, like in the in the current system, you have the league and then you have the championship, so you can almost get some of the bad games out of your system, and you're guaranteed your league, um, and you're still competing for championship places. But if you're knocked out at the league level, if you get me, yeah. you know what incentive is there? And especially like if you're in Division One, and if you lose two or three games, like the chances of you making it into the you know the top five or whatever are diminishing and it could lead to a lot of uh, dead rubber games, you know the way? So that, that, that would be my point of view on it. But, you know, obviously, as I'm saying, like it is important to listen to the players because these are the guys, as I said, these it's directly affecting them, like, you know the way? So I could be talking through me, through me arse here, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes to be uh, a watchful eye for the, for the white smoke to see, to see how it goes. Um, but I do think you know you got you've got Ulster who were definitely in the proposal A camp, and then maybe it depends. Like it could come down to indiv- individual counties in the other provinces. Um, obviously Leinster, there's a huge appetite for change there. You know, so you could say Leinster is nearly guaranteed the majority to vote for um, proposal B, and Ulster for proposal A, and then Munster and Connacht could go either way. You know, fifty fifty. Yeah, I know it's. Um, I won't lie to you. Proposal A would still need a bit of selling to me, and to be fair, you did put forward really valid points there. So I'm not dismissing those at all. But um, yeah, I I think we move on anyway. But I think to be further discussion on this, and it'd be interesting to see how um the outcome of the weekend takes place. I if it was a fifty fifty. Um, in other words, the majority that way, but when it needs 60%, I'd be concerned about, but I'd agree completely, the players have to be listened to, and um, I think with GPA involvement, there could be questions maybe asked if if the players' voices aren't listened to, um, but the big fear is if change doesn't happen now or some sort of change, it may never happen for a while. And, um, yeah, we, we see how it ends, ends up anyway. Uh, before we move on from uh, Gaelic Games, the Camogie All-Stars, 
nominations came out and um, start off at Storm Stars and um, that's for the intermediate grade and Kilkenny and Antrim who uh, play Dollar this year have 10 nominations each and also the senior um, all-star awards uh, were announced uh, the nominations sorry with Galway with 12 nominations Cork have 10 and the rest are made up between Kilkenny, Tipperary, Watford and Down as well and All-Star Awards are taking place on the 26th of November in Nace and Kildare. And from memory, they're always terrific nights. So um, I wish the best of luck to all the nominees there and especially uh, the Kilkenny girls that have been nominated. Uh, we move on anyway to soccer, Robbie. And there are some big games in the Premier League. Over the weekend, um, the Champions League, as I was saying, has taken place, took place tonight and has taken place tomorrow night as well. Um, would there be any highlights for you from the weekend? Yeah, I suppose the major talking point is um, the Leicester-Man uh, City or Man United game. Uh, you know, and United have a really, really tough run of fixtures. Um and, you know, it came out today that Ronaldo has uh, suggested that uh, Man United pursue Zidane. <laughs> so with all that considered, you would think that Ole is not going to be at the wheel for much longer, you know. But, um, yeah, like it seems to be whenever United go on a good run, they end up going on a bad run and almost cancel it out. And they're, you know, almost in this limbo, sort of they do well and then they do bad. And, you know, massive week for them this week, they've got, Atalanta um, tomorrow night and then they have to go to Liverpool uh, and I was chatting to a United fan there um, any of the United fans I've chatted to lately are quite damn beach um, but my, I was chatting to my cousin Mark and he's, uh, he was saying he's quite fearful for the weekend so uh, <laughs> I think if uh, Liverpool uh, give United a drubbing he might be uh, turning off his phone for, for a week or two maybe <laughs> Um, like I was saying a good few times on the podcast up to last season these are kind of dead rubber matches in a sense and a good few are after finishing up a draw um, being a Liverpool fan you always fear playing Manchester United no matter what even if they're on a bad run of form I mean it's kind of you could kind of consider it as a local derby in a sense. They're after playing um, and rivalry is such intense over the years. Um, I'm not going to call it, make a judgment on it. I won't lie to you. Um, it was a big win for Liverpool tonight. A big win the weekend. Salah's in the form of his life. Um, and But, yeah, it just the game, in my mind, to be 50-50. I won't lie to you. Um, because it's a kind of a derby game. It's it'd be the exact same as playing Everton. You just don't know what way it's going to go, being honest. But um uh, other games um took place tonight in the Champions League, Robbie. Uh, as I was saying, Liverpool or uh, sorry, um Arsenal and Crystal Palace last night, sorry, before we move on from the Premier League. Arsenal were in a good position in that game. And they let Crystal Palace go ahead, and I think they ended up having to draw near the end. I I stand corrected on that, but I think yeah, Arsenal had to come back to draw that game with a ninety fifth minute goal. Things still aren't good in Arsenal, even though they kind of showed they may be slight uh, white white smoke, but 
that was a poor result last night, Robbie. Yeah, I do. I do think that Vieira has uh, Palace playing well, though. To be fair, um, and Palace are the always the, always the type of club that can pull out a result as well. Um, and there's talk of Arsenal looking for Vieira now. Um, and my uh, sources close to Arsenal fans are definitely saying Arteta out is definitely the the chant coming. Um, yeah, like. Like you know, it's kind of same old Arsenal. They're just quite, quite brittle. You know, when you kind of get at them, you know, just there's, there's no really other word for it. Like it's and it's been that way for a long, long time. Like you know, um, yeah, never a shortage of of lads who can you know do the stylish stuff or you know pass and move and you know, but what they need is a bit of steel about them. You know what I mean? And that's what a lot of the great Arsenal sides had. You know, like that um Invincibles team they had. Um, Obviously, loads of really skillful players, but loads of players as well that would put in a shift as well uh, and run their hearts out and put in the tackles and, and stuff like that. You know, you had Vieira who was facing off with Keane, you know, so like there's no better um, challenge, you know, in, in the centre of midfield than facing off and going toe to toe with Roy Keane. And, and uh, Vieira did that really well, like, you know, so um, yeah. yeah, same old Arsenal. They need a bit of steel in there, you know, so like a pragmatic manager who's going to go in there and maybe get a couple of centre-halves and a couple of centre-midfielders and, and build from there, you know, that's and, you know, a solid goalkeeper and stuff like that. So, like, you see that, you know, with, like, Liverpool, they got Van Dijk, they got Alisson, and, you know, when they did them, didn't have them last year, it was didn't go well for them, you know. So it is it is important to have a strong spine, and you could argue with United as well, with, you know, Maguire, um, is Varane past his peak and do they have like a real, you know, like McTominay or Fred? Are they really like this type of central midfielders that are going to strike fear into anybody, you know? Probably not like, you know, so yeah, there's a lot to be said from, you know, built from the back. And then once you, it's like in, in rugby terms, say, you know, if you don't win the physical battle, you can't throw the ball out wide, you know, it just doesn't happen like that in other way. So it's like in, in, for the soccer example, you have to have a strong spine, solid and put in the tackles or else it doesn't matter how how many keepy uppies you can do yeah no that's very true that's very true and before we move on from the premier leagues just something after popping into my head it's big news over the past week what do you think about newcastle with their new owners do you think financial fair play or something could come into it uh, down the line um there was a good meme going around there during the week um, with Mourinho saying here he's in talks with Newcastle. Um, Steve Bruce definitely won't be there anyway. Uh, no. I say he'd be lucky if he, he's there after Christmas. It'd be another miracle of Christmas if he's still there. But uh, what do you think? Do you think they could be like Man City Premier League winners in a couple of years' time? And do you think financial fair play could come into it as well? Yeah, I definitely think they could win the league with the financial backing they have. Um, but in terms of the financial fair play, like, you know, City have proved that, you know, there's ways around it. And, you know, when it comes down to it, when they get fined or they get thrown out of Champions League or something like that, they, they can probably just round envelope their way out of it or in other way. So, yeah, like it's like, I'm like, realistically, we were talking about like the hierarchy in the GA, but the hierarchy in like FIFA and <laughs> UEFA, you know, yeah. is quite corrupt. At like, you know, that's probably putting a nice a nice word on it, you know. And 
you know, definitely in soccer circles, money talks and especially that much money, like they can literally just buy their way out of any situation, you know? So like they've got way more money than the city. Um, so I think when it comes down to it, you know, like there should be stricter financial fair play, um, some sort of system that is able to be adhered to, but is it going to be allowed to happen with the hierarchy in soccer? And you'd have to say, you know, probably not. Like they had like, um, who's the guy who's president of FIFA? Blash, was it? Or was uh, Seth Blatter. Seth Blatter, yeah. Like you had like, he's like a, almost like, um, like a dictator sort of thing in there for years and years and years or whatever. Um, so like if they're, like this is, this is the type of people you're dealing with, you know what I mean? So yeah, like they're going to win the league at some point. Um, it might like the thing, the biggest challenge for them now probably is staying in the Premier League or, or doing well enough until January so they don't have a huge battle. Obviously, they're going to invest heavily in, in January. Um, but like superstars aren't going to gel overnight, you know, so it will still be like a big job. So you know, imagine there's probably no real point in bringing in another manager for the next, next little while because it, it's going to be based on Steve Bruce getting the best out of players as was the format. Um, yeah, like there's no right point in bringing in like a Zidane to Newcastle now with the players that he has there, if you get me. So yeah, let yeah. Steve Bruce do a job up until maybe mid-December and then get a new man in and, you know, they're going to open up the checkbook and they're going to sign people for crazy money. So um, yeah, it'd be an interesting, interesting spot to watch, you know, Newcastle. Yeah, no, definitely. And the one thing that's after being proven is the big names don't perform at times. Um, it as you say, it takes a while to gel and all of that. Now it worked with Man City and that, and great credit to him. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see now. Uh, before we move on from the soccer, there are some uh, big Champions League games tonight. We uh, hinted about Liverpool Atletico Madrid. Um, Liverpool won three two. There two goals by Mohamed Salah. Uh, Man City had an easy win over Club Rouge 5-1 and PSG 3-2 winners over uh, RB Leipzig. Um, any standout ones there? Could Man City flatter to deceive again this year, go well in the group stages, but fall come the knockout or the final again? Yeah, we were just talking about Newcastle and their quest to be a better club. And you know the, the big one for Newcastle is like... Not that domestic um, success doesn't matter to City at the minute, but um, realistically, their eyes are on the Champions League prize. Um, so they're going to be going full in on that, you know, and Pep is going to be hoping he can do it. Um, yeah, like, and realistically, like Chelsea are European champions. Um, like, they're not unbeatable. I mean, like City showed they can kind of beat them as well. And on their day, City can beat anyone. Um, like, and... I think on the balance, they, they probably will win one in the next few years, you know. But, um, you know, sometimes, like, great teams, they don't win more than one. Like, you know, they're hard won the Champions League, you know. So, um, and really, Real Madrid a few years ago when they won, I think it was, like, four or five years. That was really a huge an anomaly in that because previously, I don't think anyone had won two in a row. Like, so um, they're really hard to win. So I do think that City will be one, one of the favourites, though. Um Probably the biggest standout from a Liverpool point of view this week is um, 
Mohamed Salah asking for four hundred thousand pounds a week. Um, so, <laughs> and I think you you phrased it that he's worth uh, he's worth double that. So, um, a nice a nice little uh, payday for Salah coming, is there? Yeah, no. Being honest, I mean, with the form he's in, I mean, if if he if if he leaves Liverpool, it'd be an absolute. Oh my God, it'd be. He's going to be like thirty to thirty-four in this next contract, if you know what I mean. So, are are his yeah. best years going to be behind him in a season or two? Yeah, no, that's very true. But I mean, currently on the farm he's in, and if I mean, Liverpool are up top of the table, um, and I mean they're going well in the Champions League, and I mean it's just it's Mohamed Salah. I'm not saying he's the only one there, but I mean, yeah, if I was chairman of the board in Liverpool I'd be saying here yeah we'll we do everything we can within reason to to make sure that he doesn't leave the club um and you know they will be he will leave sometime but yeah I I don't think it will come to that and you know yourself you can't really believe a, a lot of the speculation that goes on as well so I say to be some sort of compromise he seems very happy in Liverpool at the moment, but it'd be interesting to see. Um, um, I think he is going to Newcastle. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. Uh, before we move on, um, from soccer, Robbie, um, would you say Atlanta versus Manchester United could be pick of the game tomorrow night? I know, um, there's a, another one there, Juventus versus Zenit St. Petersburg. That would be kind of my second pick. I think that could be, there may be not be the force that they once were, but I think that would be a really close game. Um, would you agree with that? Um, the rest from Barcelona, Dynamo Kiev, the form Barcelona is in, could be kind of a good enough game as well. Would there be any picks for you for the Champions League tomorrow night? Sorry, did you? I had a phone call there. Are you still with me there? I am. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. No, the, uh, the joys of live podcasting. <laughs> just my mom. My mom was trying to ring me there. So. Oh no, that's <laughs> not, definitely not during the podcast, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, go on. Actually, yeah, so the pick of the games. Yeah, you're saying United at Atlanta was probably definitely up there. Um, yeah, all the other games, you know, they don't, don't really seem to scream sort of. Um, like there'll be classics or whatever. Um, yes, probably Man United, Atlanta, maybe Benfica, Bayern uh, could be good. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. United are under a lot of pressure. Ole's under a lot of pressure. So you'd wonder, is it, is it going to get to them? And I think they're at home tomorrow. So um, like if they can get the win, then they could turn things around in the group. But um, you know, the result against Young Boys initially and then barely beating Villarreal, like things aren't looking too promising. And um, as we've mentioned before, Ronaldo is going to be on Ole's case if things don't go well, you know? Yeah, I know, definitely. Uh, Ronaldo could be the puncture with Ole at the wheel there. Um, they're kind of swerving as it is now and it mightn't take long for the tyre to come off of the rim there. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, to the top picks of the week and I let you take it away. Yes, so mainly based on stuff that's uh, coming out uh, at the minute. Um, so there's the movie Dune. I don't know if you've seen um, 
a trailer for that, but that, that that's out soon. That's kind of a sci-fi thing. Probably not your thing, really, TJ. To be honest with you, man. But uh, <laughs> it looks pretty good. It's got an all-star uh, all-star cast. And another thing is the um, the Batman trailer uh, for I think it's out March next year. The new Batman, Robert Pattinson, is out. Uh, it looks absolutely brilliant. So can't wait for that. Um, and the other thing is I don't know if you ever seen the TV series You uh, on Netflix. You ever see that one? No, I barely look at myself in the mirror, and not to mention. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of it's kind of confusing because the show is called You Y O U. So, um, but yeah, it's about this guy, and he's basically a stalker for people he he's you know he fancies, and you know he's he's pretty willing to do whatever to um, make sure they're interested in him. So he will stalk them. He'll you know find out all sorts of stuff about them, and. It leads to lots of uh, elaborate scenarios and stuff like that. So I watched, um, I think it was most of the first season and, and kind of onto the second season. So the third season's out now. So it's definitely something I need to pick up again. So that's out, um, out on Netflix at the minute. So that'd be good. So yeah, looking forward to those other two movies coming up. But uh, what are your picks to teach? Yeah, no, that you sounds interesting now. I kind of be kind of is it kind of a thriller or is it just kind of a kind of a teen flick kind of york oh no it's definitely not a teen thing like he's be killing people and everything um okay yeah it's kind of like a thriller but mixed with kind of like dark humor if you know what i mean yeah i know it's, that's it's kind of... Yeah, I know that's saying it's hard to describe, really. You know. <laughs> yeah, I know when you were mentioning about the kind of the stalk, and it kind of sounds like the dating scene in Ireland. You check people out on Facebook before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually had one added me as a friend by mistake one time, and fair play to him, they admitted it. But <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, my picks, I definitely check out. I actually cancelled my Netflix during the week because I'm hardly ever on it, <laughs> but. Yeah, I might uh, I might renew it for to check out that. Yeah, um I'm kinda going through a financial phase, I won't lie to you. I'm going through rewatched Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street and Wall Street uh, Money Never Sleeps. So I watched three ones um kind of based around that as well. Um first one's Boiler House. It's a really good movie. Watched it last night. It's back from around two thousand. But it kind of shows the the corruption within the financial and investment system. And it, it's interesting. The second one kind of following on from that, but it's kind of based on a, kind of a it's a true story. It was kind of based around uh, the financial crash in 2008, but it's based within a 24 hour period and it's called Margin Call. And it was um, the in other words it was kind of the crash of what's called cdos um and it's oh, i forget the first name for it but it's debt obligations in other words you have speculators that are speculating on a kind of bad debt in other words that's that's the way it is and the other one i'm watching it i actually was watching it i have to finish it after the podcast is called Inside Job. Now, this is a complete documentary about the crash of the banking system in America in the mid-2000s. Now, for anyone that isn't asleep at the moment, they must know that I'm kind of a a nerd when it comes to that background to be finance, all of that, and getting back into it again. But there are three good, good films, and one or two good films and one good documentary, if you're that way inclined at all. 
And second one is a piece of music, and it's a dance tune that's out at the moment. Edwin McVicar uh, tell me something good. And one thing I'm noticing, Robbie, and I would have complained before, that some of the music, especially dance music that was coming out, was crap compared to the early mid-2000s. I take that mm-hmm. back because there's some cracking tunes out after coming out in the past year or so, and that's definitely one. I think it's only out about the past two, three months or that, but uh, it's definitely one I've been listening to during the week, and it's on my playlist anyway. Uh, we move on if you have nothing else to add, Robbie. Uh, no, that's it. I just want to make a quick mention of uh, Michael Caine, who said he's retired from acting uh, during the week there. So brilliant actor. And uh, I won't attempt to do his accent, but um, if you even like go onto YouTube and put in uh, Michael Caine accent, and it's um, the guy who does Alan Partridge and another, another Welsh guy, and they have basically... Um, a kind of competition to see who can do the best Michael Caine uh, accent. Um, so that's it's pretty humorous to watch. So I think definitely that'd be, uh, you know, Michael Caine, brilliant actor and great career. And uh, that is another good thing to uh, to watch as people trying to impersonate his uh, iconic voice. Yeah, I know Michael Caine was a legend. I would have only become aware of him when he was in the, was it the third Austin Power film? Um, but when I started watching more of his films and I actually heard a deadly one um, how Michael Caine would choose if he takes a part in a film is he gets the script and if he's in the start and end of it he most likely accepted so, yeah so he wouldn't be going for the, the, Sean, the Sean Bean who dies in every movie yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and I actually had, uh, I'm trying to think who said it. It was another actor said it, but they were able to take him off fucking, take him off brilliantly. Like, and yeah, no, he was just a legend. I didn't hear that. And it's kind of a pity, but it just shows uh, you can't go on forever. But yeah, he was uh, a legend. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, and I stuck this topic up into the group, but I didn't explain it. And the reason why is I'm going to try and put a slight slant on it. Uh, there's a Spanish novelist called Carmen Mola, and she was one of the most popular uh, novelists in Spain. But it actually was discovered recently that she was made up by three male writers called Antonio Murcio, Augustine Martinez and George Diaz. Uh, they created uh, the name, but also, uh, sorry, they created uh, the novels, but also the author themselves. So the question I have for you, Robbie, is did you ever tell a really, really good lie that kept continuing and continuing? Uh, well, other than my well, prank a few weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah the prank was pretty good um uh, yeah like usually like i'm in prank phone calls uh sometimes i might do a few them in work if i ring into work or whatever and i'll just try and wind people up uh but i can never keep it going for that long if you know what i mean but uh, yeah. i think the email one was kind of maybe a nice opportunity because I, I like basically if I was like telling a lie, I'd be kind of half laughing to myself and I'd be, I'd find it hard to, you know, to keep the joke, if you know what I mean. But, um, 
Yeah, definitely. I think like, you know, I'm a little bit of a wind up merchant, but like just more like as in like just for a bit of crack, like in a way. So, you know, if I can kind of tell a story and then maybe it might grow, grow a bit of legs or whatever. But I think, you know, after a certain amount of time, I'll just let people know that's a joke, if you know what I mean. So I won't let it run for too long. Now, having said that, I was going to continue the little email uh, battle I was going to have with you. I was getting great fun out of it. And uh, Liam was even saying that I was enjoying it too much, which I probably was, to be honest. But, um... <laughs> I know it was pure genius, pure genius. If anyone didn't hear this in a previous podcast, I had to pause uh, my gym membership. Um, I have to get a minor operation in the next few months or that and it meant that i wasn't able to do weight training or that um but yeah no it was fun i actually it was so good i said here fuck it i'm not even going to reply it was just <laughs> i replied once and then dancer i got back i just said here this isn't worth it so yeah i know you had me hook line and sinker um yeah you told um, me any tips yeah I, there's there's one that I have for actually it's the highball later on. Maybe I'm giving it away. Uh, I will save it for later. There's one actually, it was actually leaving cert results night. There was a nightclub in Kilkenny called Nero's. It's if anyone knows Kilkenny city at all, it's actually was adjoining Kittler's Inn. It's part of, it was always part of Kittler's Inn, but it's part of the bar now and have a great function place there. Uh, shout out to Kittler's there if they want to sponsor free points. Uh, but um, yeah, myself and a friend of mine were, as everyone knows, I'm a Liverpool fan and he's a real avid Liverpool fan as well. So we got chatting to these two girls outside the nightclub when we got kicked out and um, we strung the two girls along that my friend was in the Liverpool Youth Academy and I was mm-hmm. one of the coaches. Um and I still don't think to this day that they ever knew the truth. Um they actually asked us for our autograph and everything and it didn't go any further. We were both going out with people at the time, but uh yeah, I thought that was one that I kind of maybe slightly feel guilty of now. Um but yeah, it was fun at the time. It was really fun at the time and they were calling over their other friends as well and all of this and they were, they were taking it hook, line and sinker now. But uh, yeah, that'd be one. I have another one, like I was saying, but uh, uh, I share that later on. Uh, if you ha- Did you ever do any others, Robbie, or we move on to the next topic? Oh, I, can't, I can't actually think of anything uh, off the top of my head. I definitely probably have. Um let me see i can't think of it maybe it might come back to me later or something but um yeah maybe like loads of little ones rather than like one big one if you get me yeah yeah i know definitely uh we move on anyway robbie and we had this topic last week and i maybe went a bit serious on it and apologize to the listeners on it and it's around the Slight lifting of restrictions that is taking place on the 22nd of this month. The podcast has been recorded, obviously, on Tuesday night here. So the announcement were earlier today. What do you think of what you heard so far, Robbie? Are you happy, disappointed, or just kind of Groundhog Day? Yeah, it kind of seems like Groundhog Day. Um, and a bit of rowing back on what was said. Um, the main thing I find really confusing is they're saying that 
in a nightclub you can take off your mask if you're if you're eating food um so i don't think i've ever seen anyone you know sticking into a, a carvery dinner uh you know no. mid and um, nightclub experience you know the way i don't even sure if nightclubs do food you know so i i was listening to a bit of uh Joe Duffy earlier on, as I do, just to hear some of the fallout and some of the, the cribbing and the moaning and stuff. And the guy made a very good point. He was like saying that the fact that they're even saying anything about food for nightclubs just shows how out of touch they are. Um, yeah. You know, I think they have been quite out of touch on a lot of things, you know, particularly for fitness. Um, seem to have been quite um, like just disregarding fitness for a long time as well. Um, yeah, so like, it, I suppose... What they're saying is it's not a step backwards. Um, it's kind of a step sideways, and they're going to continue continue the, the restrictions they have. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think like other countries are maybe. I was actually actually in um, Willie's shop in Stonyford, and he was saying that some other countries are going back into lockdown. Um, so I suppose you don't have it too bad in, in that regard. But um, you imagine like with I think it just comes down to like the ICU bed capacity. We just don't have the capacity. And that's one of the big questions going around today is like we've had, um, you know, a year and a half of this and our ICU bed capacity has, you know, just slowly increased. Um, but like this is the main, the main issue is that we don't have enough beds and we're still bottom of the, the table in Europe, in Europe for having uh, like emergency care and emergency beds and stuff like that. And, you know, that's down to a lot of historical um, non-investment as well. Like, so, um, yeah, and then just like the reluctance to embrace PCR testing and all this sort of other stuff as well. I know they are kind of leaning on it a bit now. Um, but yeah, I suppose it kind of looks like we're going to be, we could end up going back into another lockdown possibly. And it just seems a bit crazy at this point. Um, but I suppose you do have to say on one hand, you know, I'm sure they are trying their best to a certain degree, maybe a bit misguided and maybe, you know, lobby groups are having too big of an effect on them. And you know, it's hard to, hard to analyze really. And they're making political decisions as well. Like, so you know, you'd feel that you wouldn't want to be in that place either. So wouldn't want to be too hypercritical, but it does seem like there might have been some better options. Um, but in, in good news, you're going to have uh, full capacity at outdoor events. Um, so you're going to have um, Ireland versus Portugal in soccer. Uh, it's going to be a full house. And then Ireland versus New Zealand in rugby is going to be a full house. So that, that's a bit of good news anyway. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, for all the paid political advisors... I t- I, I, if I was a minister or I was Taoiseach Tanishta or whatever, I'd be questioning what the hell am I paying him for? Um, because, I mean, looking at the press conference today, yeah, I do have political allegiances. They are after changing from a few years ago. Um, and I just said to myself here, it's like, it's like an uncle at a wedding trying to be cool. Um, with some of the comments that are made to journalists, I just think it's too, it's just fucking cheesy. I mean, it's it, it's just try and be serious, in other words. I mean, you have a situation that pubs are open, the hours are being extended, that's brilliant, but it's table service. You can't go to a bar 
but yet they weren't ruling out dancing in nightclubs they weren't ruling out shifting in nightclubs it was joked about today that what happened in nightclubs will possibly continue previous and um a kind of question to yourself well what the hell like i mean in regards to say outdoor sporting yeah it's brilliant but why are they doing it when cases are increasing i mean if they're i mean i know we have high vaccination rates and everything like that they're saying we don't want to go backwards but back the time that all ireland finals were taking place case numbers were lower there were less people in intensive care and everything like that so you're kind of doing it when things could get really shitty but you wouldn't do it when it was good and it was similar last year during the summer last year pubs were closed or you went in you had to have a meal um a nine euro meal and then they opened them up in winter when things were going shit as well and you just question yourself i i I actually and i'm not i'm not going on another rant here because i try to edge away from it but you actually question what some people are being paid for being honest because some of the decisions don't make sense but it'd be great that be able to have possibly good nights out over christmas and all of that that's as long as they don't roll back and go back on everything they're saying being honest um but um do you want to add anything robbie or i i don't want to get bogged down again because i just <laughs> yeah realized. just like you know with them with like you know getting the shift in, in the nightclub like you know it's like not that everyone going around and shifting everyone but like it kind of like doesn't make the mask in there a bit pointless that's you know, it. if you're you know, like if you're trying to get a shift, like or <laughs> you know, you you're, you can only take the mask off if you're drinking, eating, or dancing. Now you're, you're not going to be eating as we've established. So if you're trying to chat up, you know, a girl or a guy, are you going to have to, you know, stay doing little little two step? <laughs> and is there going to be like, you know, you know, dancers in there being like, you know, oh, you're not kind of, you're not moving those hips enough. You're not actually dancing, so you're out of here. You know, you have to put on your mask. You know, so. Yeah, like, and it's hard enough, hard enough to hear people in nightclubs anyway without having masks on and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be crazy kind of situation. Um, yeah, like I suppose there's no real perfect solution, you know, the way. But um, yeah, as you said, you really question why people are being paid for it, to be honest. But um, they kind of have to open nightclubs now, and even though the numbers aren't great, like so. It just proves that a lot of the decisions are political decisions rather than actually based on sound logic, you know, because as you're saying, during the summer, they, they could have we had better numbers. Um, and like for outdoor events like all Ireland finally could have had more people. And now over the winter, we're going to have full stadiums despite where the numbers are and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. As I think I've said before, I think they're only really slowly figuring out a lot of stuff. and maybe in like 10 years we'll look back at some of the decisions that were made and it'll be even more crazy or maybe even some might actually might actually turn out to be good ones you never know yeah i know the the one shining light out there is they don't seem to be a new real variant of concern so hopefully if they're 
um like with the boosters being rolled out and all that luckily my father got his third booster and mother's in line now after uh, the announcement today so they're good things and like i was saying able to go out and enjoy yourself and the government can't roll back i mean i think i would have mentioned before about the likes of antigen testing and all of that i would have done research on it i would have been a nerd uh, uh kind of looking up about the virology and epidemi- epidemiology and all of that around it to try and get informed because you know the shit information that's going around and all of that and i think what's going on at the moment is just feeding the ones that are anti-vaccine and all of that but like i was saying i'm not going to get bogged down anymore on it <laughs> it's yeah. uh it's just it's what i can see just to finish up robbie is I can see in maybe five years time a report coming out saying here we should have introduced an antigen testing sooner or we should have done this doing that similar to the financial crash and do you know what the damage has done then um, lives could yeah. have been lost business could have been out of business but that's uh, I was going to say you pay peanuts to get monkeys but it's unfortunately not the case here <laughs> You pay well yeah. and you still get the same thing. Um, yeah, I always wonder when they say, like, you know, if we didn't pay politicians so good, we wouldn't get such good people. And then you're kind of like, mm, I don't know. That's kind of seems to be logical. Like, I, I won't lie to you. I love politics. Um, there, I was involved with a political party and I'm involved with another one now. But I... Um, Sinn Féin, is it? No, no. Uh, I was in people. line... I wasn't no no Uh, I I was in line to actually run for a local election I was top of the list for and on principle I had had to withdraw it's simple as that I had to withdraw I didn't like decisions due to controversy was it they had like uh some sort of dirt on you today I know it was cuts were made to people that I couldn't justify it was going against everything that was now, whether I'd ever even consider or if it ever be considered again, I don't know. But I joined another political party because I thought they're actually in government and it's not the Green Party. Uh, but it, I joined because I thought to be principal there and all of that. But I'm beginning to question now with some of the decisions. I'm not going to switch or anything, but um, you do question at times because they are good people down along the line. But I'm going down another rabbit hole there uh we move on to the next topic anyway robbie and it's another one that i put up into the group and i didn't explain and it's scientists discovered a fossil of a four-legged whale with raptor like eaten so in other words it's a whale that ate like a dinosaur um so it got me thinking uh what uh, your view on that but it got me thinking if you could create one animal or if you could change one animal kind of add a feature to him what would you do yeah i don't know well i think it's a bit mad you know obviously there's probably lots of crazy animals walking the earth before us um we're talking about it a minute ago (laughs) yeah yeah, true uh you'd see some of them in nightclubs as well to be fair um Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah, like it's kind of like you know, even like some of the creatures on on our own planet are a bit bad. So like you know, but um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if I would 
add a feature to an animal, but maybe bring back like, you know, the woolly mammoths or like saber tooth tigers, or I know like Jurassic Park didn't end well, but you know, possibly bringing back a dinosaur for the crack could be good fun. Like, you know, and just, um, have it in a proper park, you know, the way it's properly organized. Uh, definitely <laughs> not in Ireland, Robbie. Definitely not in Ireland. Well, you know, maybe on some island somewhere. Maybe I maybe we could do like the Isle of Man or something like that. Or I don't know. Maybe we could just, you know, just sacrifice uh sacrifice Ireland and maybe we could just be like a dinosaur Ireland. Maybe possibly that might work out. I'm sure the dinosaurs would be afraid of all the guys playing Ireland, to be fair. Yeah, I know definitely. <laughs> Uh, what would you what would you what would you uh add or what towards your kind of your hybrid animal? I'd love a flying talking dog. <laughs> oh god, that's gas. A flying talk. Yeah. <laughs> and would it be any sort of dog or would it be like uh Well you know, like one of them sausage dogs? Well, I have two springers and I love or not springers, terriers. Um they're both kind of mixed bred terriers and um they're just characters like but if i was to create one i think it would want to be maybe an irish wolfhound or um what's sort of real big ones that'd be scary um now there's kind of a sense behind me madness because you could fly home from the pub just hop up on their back and they fly you home like um the worst they can talk to potatoes fuck off i might (laughs) even ask for a few points that's what I was going to say. That'd be the worst part of it because it'd be bad enough coming home and listening to people saying here, why did you get in that stay? But uh, <laughs> without the dog um, and you could have the hair, the dog the next morning then. But um, yeah, I'd love it. Maybe not a flying, but definitely a talking dog. A flying dog would be an extra, but um, I, I just love to know what they're thinking because uh, did you ever have a dog and they just stare at you and stare at you and stare at you and stare at you. Especially, especially when you have the beer fear after being out the night before and you're paranoid and yet it's like the dog is looking at you, judging you like. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably like looking at you in a bit of like, geez, stay this last, you know, would you want, would you want to hear like the dog lecturing you, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, would there be any others, Robbie, or, uh yeah i don't know i can't really think about it really um yeah sorry for flying talking dog really no you're grand. <laughs> it's like i've had three high balls in here <laughs> before the main high ball <laughs> before the main, or two two before the main um if if say an animal was like that around now do you think we could be in the same mess that's going on at the moment i know there were talk about introducing wild wolves back into Ireland and all of that and I mean with the things that are after happening but do you think we'd be able to are you talking about the flying talking dog or the whale raptor? Oh no the whale raptor (laughs) Uh, or dinosaurs yeah like definitely uh, I suppose if they were to come back and you know I suppose it would be a bit of a mad situation but um, maybe we could like fence them into maybe not even all of Ireland maybe just Carlo or something Maybe we'll make use of a Carlo finally. There's our Carlo listeners lost. Anyway. Apologies. Uh, uh, Carlo people can take the slag and they can. They can, they can. And Isla Mangon as well. We have listeners in Isla. But <laughs> before, we, before we have any, lose any more listeners, 
you brought something to my attention earlier on and this is I don't know kind of mixed emotions it's kind of exciting and then a kind of a no but uh, there's a possibility of a new Home Alone movie Robbie uh, and coming out before Christmas is it yeah new Home Alone uh, I was a big fan of Home Alone 1 Home Alone 2 not sure about any of the other ones um, they should probably just strike the rest of them from the from the record so it's going to be with a new lead character obviously and the guy who played Buzz who I think was um, Kevin McAllister or Macaulay Culkin's um, brother or cousin in it he's he's going to be in it uh, he looks like he's kind of a bad guy and possibly he could be robbing a house or something um, I know but Macaulay Culkin has said he's definitely not in it um, but yeah like, I always loved Tom Alone and it's such a great you know it was like great concept as a kid, like that you kind of make all these sort of booby traps and, and stuff like that. And, you know, just real, real fun uh, movie. Um, and you often kind of wonder yourself as a kid, like how would you get on in that same scenario? But, um, and obviously the Macaulay Culkin was brilliant in it, but you had uh, Joe Pesci and I, I apologize. I forget what the other guy's name is, but, um, you know, the, the Sticky Bandits or the Wet Bandits, uh, they, were, they were brilliant and they played the parts really well. Um, yeah, so it's going to be out for, for Christmas time, so that'd be uh, interesting to watch. And there is also a big, obviously, association with Home Alone and Christmas, um, not only for the fact that there's Christmas involved in it, but it's on, it used to be on, like, every Christmas uh, when I was growing up as well. So definitely uh, a pair of movies that are close to my heart and hopefully the the remake or the sequel to it um is you know half as good as it yeah no definitely i would have been a big fan of the first two um some of the sequels that came out it, daniel stern was the other uh, sicky bandit sorry i was trying to think of it and it's just after popping into my head um like some of the remakes they're just maybe maybe it's kind of nostalgia that you're kind of young when the first two came out and then you're getting older and maybe it's a thing like that. I would be a big fan of Christmas movies. I won't lie to you. I love Christmas. Uh, I really do. Um, and it'd be great for that to come out. And like I was saying, if they're able to make it half as good as the pre the, the first two, um, the fear I would have is, you know, the way that, you make one or two really good films and then they follow on with some really kind of bad direct to video or direct to DVD films. And, um, but hopefully, hopefully, and it'd be great for especially the kids now that if it is as good as the previous two, that they can share the kind of the joy that we had in a sense. Um, and, Actually, just before we move on, what would be one of your most favorite Christmas movies? Other, and I know we're what a good nine weeks away, nine ten weeks away. But what would be one Christmas movie that really sick in memory for you? Um, I suppose Jingle All the Way, Alan Schwarzenegger is always a classic, and even like Bad Santa is always a good one. I think that's kind right, of yeah. more of a a summertime movie, though. I've actually never seen Elf. Um, that's probably heresy to some people with uh, Will Ferrell I've never actually seen that one so I might check that one out um, yeah it's good now yeah yeah and then you know like I suppose like yeah, at Christmas time you're watching a lot of the old like we used to watch like Indiana Jones a lot for Christmas so I know it's not like a Christmas movie but I do associate it with Christmas 
And there's also uh, Die Hard 1, which is a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie you can watch any time of the year, kind of like Bad Santa as well. So, yeah, yeah I think it's like quite often it's the movies that are on around Christmas time that can make you make you feel more in the Christmassy mood. But um, definitely Indiana Jones is massive in my house. So I think we, we could have possibly got some of the the VHS tapes of Indiana <laughs> Jones. Um, that's how old I am for, for some Christmases and watch them and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I like it's not a Christmas movie, but Indiana Jones for me to be fair is pretty, uh, pretty Christmassy. Yeah, no, they're great movies there. You mentioned I, uh, Lethal Weapon would be one based around Christmas I would have watching, but ones that would be really sickening memory would be The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. That was one when I was a kid I watched every day of the year. Um, yeah. I, I went to see that in the cinema, I think. Oh, deadly. Uh, I, I got it on tape. I got it on tape shortly after it came out. And, uh, yeah, I used to go into the grandparents after school and... Um, we didn't have a video recorder at the time, so I was, uh, watched it up there. And I must have driven them mad because I always had the sitting room to myself. And I say it's because I had to fill them on. They hadn't the heart to, to tell me to turn it off. Another one kind of a, be kind of a more, I won't say an adult one. It's kind of good natured and all that would be for kind of an older audience. Would have been Trapped in Paradise with Nicolas Cage. And um, that would have been one that, I would have really enjoyed as well and then there are others as well there are too many Miracle and 34th Street all of that jingle all the way I loved um, and favour to be a Christmas Carol but it's I can't think you're a man that's in it but it'd be uh, the Christmas Carol that would have been released in the mid 80s there's been some really poor remakes of it but um, the one that came out the, the Muppet Christmas Carol is the best Uh yeah, with, with no, Michael Caine, actually. Yeah, Michael Caine's in it. Yeah, I would you believe? Uh, I'd be hit and miss on it. I won't lie to you. I I watch it and all that, but I love the original Christmas Carol. Um, but uh, yeah, I know we move on before the listeners think we're gone mad with ten weeks to go anyway. But just I think you're gone mad. You brought up. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I love Christmas. Like Halloween, man. I know, I know. Actually, that'll be next week's topic. <laughs> More uh, Halloween stuff. Yeah, we move on to the World Sports Roundup anyway, Robbie, and I'll let you take it away. There's been NFL action over the weekend. Yeah, NFL, um, Cowboys won in overtime. Um, so, yeah, some good games. There was some kind of uh, what you term as blowout games where teams uh didn't score very much and they conceded a lot of points um and then there was some it was like a real contrast there was either blowout games or there was games that went to overtime uh and stuff like that but um i suppose what's another thing that's starting now starting tonight is the the nba is back so that'd be interesting for american sports fans as well so you know nba is some of the best athletes on the planet as well um so one of, the, one of the standout things from the weekend or even last night, Monday Night Football, was uh, the running back for the Tennessee Titans. And he's, you know, he's on course to have another, you know, possibly record-breaking season. And he scored three touchdowns 
as a running back and he's just on top unstoppable he's like 250 pounds but he ran like you know I think it was like 23 or 24 miles an hour uh, to score a touchdown. He ran, he just runs through and over and around lats. Like, you know, he's just a monster. So if you, you can check out some of his uh, highlights on, on YouTube as well. Uh, and then just in terms of another one is the World Cup. Uh, FIFA, speaking of uh, soccer corruption, uh, FIFA have given the go-ahead for the World Cup to take place every two years. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing as well. Um and like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of international qualifiers, but, you know, if you have the World Cup every two years, you're going to have more international football. And does it possibly devalue the World Cup, you know, because with the World Cup being once every four years, there's, there's a certain uh, magic and mystique to it uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, if you have it every two years, are you diminishing it a bit? I, I think you kind of are. I think it kind of works well, the system where you have the Euros, uh, and then two years later, you have the World Cup, and then you kind of in that kind of four year sort of cycle, it's good. Yeah, I know, I, I'd agree completely with you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, after I would have mentioned it a few times, champagne football, um, and this was only on an Irish context with their um, interactions with FIFA nothing surprises me being honest but uh yeah no i think every four years um i'd agree with you it's kind of a tradition as well um but just when you mentioned fifa actually robbie did you hear that uh fifa name could be withdrawn from fifa uh do you know the fifa soccer games fifa 21 fifa 22 so um there's talks going around i need to get proper on it but it looks like fifa could be linking up with e-football which would have been pro evolution that it would have been one thing i would have seen just the caveat on that there it's just a yoke i saw there may not be any truth behind it at all but um it's just an interesting one it's i think one of the first fifa game uh, fifa games came out in the late 90s so it's a real yeah. long association there with the PS1 right up until um, the new PlayStation and Xboxes as well. So it's a, it's a strange one. Uh, do you have anything else with the World Sports Roundup, Robbie? Uh, no, that's it, man. Cool. Uh, yeah, I only have one this week. Um, it happened on Sunday night and Rory McIlroy claimed his 20th PGA Tour title in the cj cup um there's very few players would have reached that i think there's only about 30 players in the history or something around that i stand corrected on it but uh yeah he held out to win a 25 under par from maracora uh, i know i pronounced that wrong i ha- I'm, can say it right in my head but when i go to say it out loud i can't uh but yeah it was a great and i was actually delighted for rory McElroy there um to claim it i think he adds that to four majors as well so congratulations to rory McElroy there uh we move on to the high ball robbie anyway the high ball oh the high ball Woo! okay Woo-hoo. so yeah you kind of said already that we kind of had too many high balls already and i apologize for that and um, the one i had i realized um when you told me that we'd done it before so i apologize for that as well 
So the high ball I thought of is, did you ever come up with a really good excuse to say get out of a date, get out of um, or get out of something you didn't want to do, something funny that really funny, unrealistic um, excuse that worked for you? Yeah, like I always probably fall back on the old reliables, which is usually like you know something to do. I like kids are sick oh you know sorry can't do it you know kids are sick that's usually like a good one that's usually like no one really sort of questions that one you know so that would be like probably my default one um you know and it's you know it's pretty easy to go to now during like a, a pandemic you know you see oh you know my kids got a bit of the snuff or like oh it's cancelled it you know so um yeah i, I try I, I probably do try and keep them you know somewhat believable if you get me because the more the more wild and outlandish they are the probably worse it is you know but um yeah like i probably you know i probably haven't lied too many times to get out of work being honest um there's a few times i'd be rang and sick and i had to do the whole i'm kind of sick on the phone sort of thing um but in general i wouldn't tell anyone that are kind of too mad or whatever because you want it to be believable as well you want to 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 sell it in a way so if you're coming out with something that's a bit too much um then people are going to be like oh that was a bit weird you know way so make them a bit sus in a way so you know i would probably just try and keep it keep it simple and uh that's probably a better recipe for uh, <laughs> trying to keep people off the scent you know yeah i know definitely there's a saying that uh my grandmother on the father's side used to say a liar needs a good memory and um, so that's why if i ever did i always if i ever and i won't lie to you if i was ever sick i was always sent home from work simple as that i hardly ever phoned in sick to work i won't lie to you it was a situation i was told to go home because they didn't want anyone else getting sick being honest um yeah, there's one it popped into my head earlier and uh I, I kinda of done it for good reasons. Uh was that a twenty first or Cedar an eighteen I think it was the twenty first. Um it's in a village here in Kilkenny, Mullen, Nevada it was a good friend of mine's twenty first. And um this girl came over and was uh chatting to me and was getting in chatting up all of this. But I knew that my friend was mad for her. So mm-hmm. she wasn't really interested in him. She was kind of interested in me. So I came up, I tipped off another friend of mine and said, here, I'm not going to cause any trouble here. I'm going to let the friend try and see if they get on. So I came up that I was a trainee priest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and friend other friend backed me up and I said, Here, yeah, I'm in the seminary and trained to be a priest and all of that. And instead of it kind of working, she kind of got more interested. Um oh, yeah. so, she's yeah. trying to like take you away from God. I think so. I think so. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wiggled out of it and yeah, my other friend didn't guess any luck either, but uh yeah, that would have been that would have been one, and went on for I say the bones of about an hour. Uh, I don't think the girl ever find out the truth after either. Uh, but yeah, it was just had to take one for the team, in other words, and say here, 
Bros. So if you seen her again, would you try and double down on the, the lie or would you be like, gosh, oh, sure, I was only joking? Uh, would you believe I don't think I ever saw her again? Um, I did but if you did though? Uh, I wouldn't, no. I, I tell the truth. I won't lie to you. I tell the truth and uh, hope that it wouldn't be held back. Yeah, I, I won't lie to you. Uh, I was interested. But I just thought to myself here, no, I'm not kind of, um, I let, uh, I, I want it because that'd be the way I'd be. I put someone else ahead kind of way. Um, and take off the team. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I got a good laugh out of that. Um, maybe it was funnier in my head than it actually is saying it now, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it was a good laugh for a while with friends. Um, but yeah, no other than that, I wouldn't have any real other ones. There was like kind of white lies that you have to tell at times, but um, you'd always kind of keep them very white lies. Being honest, you wouldn't tell any major. Um, yeah, at some point, I mean, too, you know, just just truthful, you know. Yeah, I know definitely, definitely, um, and especially when it comes to work because career is more important than anything else like but um on that note anyway robbie i think we leave it at that um it was a pleasure as always yeah good chat stage good good stuff yeah and uh if you want to check us out you can find us on instagram and facebook and we'd love hearing from you it's great um getting interaction from the listeners and a great credit to Robbie for um the stuff that's put up on Facebook as well. It's always brilliant and top class. So fair play, Robbie. Uh, so exactly. until next week, Robbie, be good and yeah. don't tell any white lies now anyway. I'll try not to. Oh, that could be a white lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and tell Olga I was asking for her anyway. I will. I'll put in a good word for you there. <laughs> Cheers, bud. Talk to you soon. So, Take care. So, good luck. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, good bye, luck. bye, bye, bye.